right. Tonight you have your Bibles. Numbers chapter 13 and verse 17. I think we'll just read a few verses for the highlight that God has for us tonight. And Moses sent them out to spy the land of Canaan and said unto them, Get you up out this southward and go up into the mountain. Keep going. And see the land. Somebody say, see the land. What it is and the people that dwell it therein, whether they be strong or weak or few or many. Say amen. And what land is that that they dwell in, whether it be good or bad? Or what city they be that dwell, they dwell in, whether in tents or in strongholds, or whether they were built with tents or they were built with bricks, okay? Or what land is, whether it, is, it be fat or lean, whether there be wood therein or not? And be ye of good courage and bring the fruit of the land. Now, the time was the time of the first tribes, first tribe grapes. Somebody say amen. All right. So they went, or they went up and searched the land from the wilderness of Zin unto Rehob, as men come to Hamad. Keep going. And as they ascended by the south, they came unto Hebron, where Ahima, Sheshai, and Talmai, the children of Anak, were. Now Hebron was built seven years before Zon in Egypt. Keep going. Keep going. And they came unto the brook of Eskor and cut down from thence a branch with one cluster of grapes. And they bear it between two upon a staff. And they brought of the permanent granites and of the figs. Keep going. going. And the place was called Brook Escort because of the clusters of grape which the children of Israel cut down from thence. Alright. Keep going. And then maybe just, yeah. Are we okay? We are in verse 25. And they returned from searching of the land after how many days? After how many days? And they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran, to Kadesh, and brought back word unto them, unto all the congregation, and showed them the fruit of the land. Keep going. <coughs> and they told him and said, We came unto the land whither thou sentest us, and surely it floweth with what? Milk. And what else? Honey, and this is the fruit of it. Keep going. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. Moreover, we saw. Somebody say, we saw. Like you are serious? We saw. Talk to me. Say, we saw. The children of Anak there. Keep going. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites and the Jebusites. And the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. Keep going. And Caleb still the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once. Look at your neighbor say, Let us go at once. Say from the month of July. Like you are serious. Say from the month of July to 31st December. Let us go up at once. Talk to your neighbor. Say, let us go up at once. 
don't delay. Let us go up at once. He said, let us go up at once and possess it. For we are well able to overcome it. I shut up. I tell you, I just got stuck there. Amen. But the men that went with him said, we be not able to go up against the people. For they are stronger than we. Next verse. Next verse, quickly. And they brought what kind of report? What kind of report did they bring back? They brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, the land through which we have gone to search, it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants and all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. Keep going. And there we saw the children of the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. So we were in their sight. We were in our own sight. May you not see yourself as a grasshopper. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the ministration of your word. The Bible says, through the simplicity of the preaching of the gospel, salvation is brought unto men. Men are turned to repentance. And men are come to their senses. Father, tonight we ask, oh God, that you minister your word to us. Teach us your ways. That we may walk in a plain path. Father, we are asking for wisdom. Oh God, to navigate through the season that we are in. For we know that it is our season of rest. It is our season of breakthrough. It's our season of miracles. Our season of blessing and favor. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we pray and the church say, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. The Lord spoke to Moses. I'm preaching on a message or teaching on a message I've titled The God Factor. The God Factor. Um, from verse 1 of this scripture, it was God that told Moses to out of the elders of the people. So go to every tribe, get out the eldest or the elders, the leaders. So the people selected here are not common people. They're not ordinary people. God made the choice. Say God made the choice. Maybe start from verse 1. Let me show them. They think I'm joking. You don't believe me. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, keep going, send out men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give to the children of Israel. Who gives? So God says, I give it to them. I've given it to them. God has already released it to you. Where is your amen, Bazalwan? Say, so which I give to the children of Israel and of every tribe of their father shall ye send a man. Everyone a ruler among them. What kind of people? Somebody holla a ruler. So, so God instructed Moses to select the rulers from every tribe, the leaders, and let them go and search out the land that he has given to them. And so Moses obeyed God as instructed. The names of the old people were given. I don't want to go to the names. There was a lot of names. Amen. From all the tribes of Israel. So they were all selected, and the Bible said they were now sent out to go and spy the land. So when they went, <coughs> excuse me, the people got there, got into the land, and they saw the land. They saw that the land was good. You know, everything God wants to give you is good. 
Amen, somebody. Please, never, never take that for granted. Whatever God has for you is good. That's why I, I beg you, wait on the Lord. You, you will rather get what God has promised you than to get an Ishmael. May you not get an Ishmael. Let me calm down. Phyllis, calm down, calm down. I want to teach tonight. May you not get an Ishmael. Church, God has prepared an Isaac for you. Don't rush to Ishmael. Amen. The pain of Ishmael is not what you want to deal with. There are so many people that are married to Ishmael right now. Uh, but don't look around. We won't know if it's you, you know. Just don't look at anybody. Just keep facing me, amen. Uh, Apostle, yeah, you are talking right to me. My husband is Ishmael three times. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> no, stay there. You made a choice, amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, they went and they saw the land. And they came back. And they said that the land which we saw was a good land. And the Bible said that they even got, in fact, the, Moses even said to them, go bring back the fruits. And the Bible tells us that it was the time of grapes. And I mean, church, I, I don't know about you. How many of you have never eaten grapes before? Let me see your hand. You've never eaten grapes. All right, okay. So that means everybody knows what grapes is. All right, okay. <laughs> so now, church, they, they went and they saw the land. They saw a cluster of grape, a cluster, one, one cluster. Say amen. Now, this land is so good that the cluster of grapes, they cut out one cluster. Now, if you, somebody like me, I have a big hand. I have a big palm. I can literally hold a cluster of grape in my hand, a cluster. Just, you know, one cluster that has like many grapes attached to it. I can hold it in my hands. In my, I have a big, big hand. So, but these guys, the one cluster of grape they plucked, they took out from a tree. Had to put a rod beside it, and one person carried the front on the shoulder, the other one at the back. Do you understand the kind of land God wants to give you? It's an abnormal blessing. Uh, you still didn't get the description I just gave. I did that illustration to show you what God has prepared for you. They, they put a rod in the... You think I'm joking. Give me verse, verse 23. And they came to the brook of Esco and cut down thence a branch with a cluster of grapes. How many cluster? One cluster of grapes. And they bear it between two. With what? A staff. The other version says... Uh, if the, the message version says they put a rod in between. So one person carried it. Now... I did a research today. When I saw this, I, I got stuck there. Because I was studying this early hours of this morning. So I got stuck there. And I began to do research from, you know, my own research. And they said that one grape in, in the time in that land was a size of an orange. One grape. One grape. So with that cluster, that's why one person couldn't carry it. Now, the, the grape you eat here. Probably the size of the cover of my bottle. I mean, if it's that big. Amen. It's about the size of this. Now you have a size of grape that is an orange. But they holler the God factor. You see, church, God, you know, oh boy. Church, wait, wait for God. What God has prepared for you is huge. God has for you in this season. I want to bring something to mind because... A lot of times as Christians, we are not conscious of our God. 
we, we go for interviews like ordinary men. You know, remember when I went for my first interview in this country and I went for a job, a job interview. Um, it was in Bramfontein and there was this office and we were like on the 16th floor or 15th floor and it was a, an insurance company. Um, and we got there when I saw the crowd of people that came for the interview, I was so scared. But my problem was number one, I'm foreign. This was, as I just arrived South Africa, I was 21 years, 22 years ago. I was foreign. All these people are South Africans. They have advantage more than me. I don't even know what they're going to ask us. But you know, forgot the God factor. And that's what many of us deal with. And, and I want to bring that to your attention. Listen, when you go to your business tomorrow, you are not going alone. Ah. Oh, Jesus. You, you're not going to your business as Felix. You're not going alone. If, you see, there is a consciousness you must have tonight. These people got this fruit. I mean, they saw the land. When they came back, they carried the fruit and brought it to the children of Israel. And they did themselves confirm that the land we went to see is a land flowing with milk and honey. It's a land that, man, you, listen church, if you brought back that kind of fruit, that was a fruit of faith. Listen, church, if you send me to and do a deal and I get there, I make profit. I bring back the profit. See, with the profit I brought, I still tell you the business was a bad business. Don't you think I'm crazy? People came back with an evidence of faith. The Bible says faith is what? The substance of what? Things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Now for the children of Israel, that fruit was an evidence of the land they haven't seen. Came back with it. And when they got there, they showed the people. And Caleb stealed the people. Caleb said, guys, let us. Caleb was, he was so excited. He was so happy. I mean, church, it's like living in squatter camp. And then all of a sudden, how many of you know Mayasda Eco Estate? You heard about it. Okay, if you don't know, it's an estate here in the south. It's not in Sentin. It's in the south here. When you enter Mayasda Eco Estate, your head will be corrected. <laughs> we went to view a house some, some years ago. And at that time, the owner of that house was the owner of meat company. The meat company. Got into this house as they opened the door. Hey, I said, wow. That's all I could say, wow. You know those things you see in MTV Crips? Uh, they opened the door. I said, no, this is not, this is, this is heaven. No, see, eh? May you not go to hell from, go to hell from squatter camp. I, I pray for you. Yeah, that is, if, if you are struggling here on earth, at least make sure you go to heaven. Some people are living in heaven on earth. I'm telling you. That guy, the door opened, we walked in. I said to mommy, we, I want this house. <laughs> when they mentioned the price, I said, Lord Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> so as we came out, the guy opposite us, he was still building his house. And I went to talk to him. And because was, we were driving the same car. So I thought me and him are on the same, you know, exactly the same car. Exactly. That is, he had my car. Exactly the same thing. The only thing different is our plate numbers. I walked to him. I said, wow, dude, man, drive the same car. Said, wow, yeah. 
How are you? How are you doing? I said, is this your house? He said, yeah, I've been building since the beginning of the year. He says, uh, blah, 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 blah. I said, wow. How much? Uh, I told him, and you know, I wanted to brag like, you know, the one that I, I want to buy, I went to view. I told him the price was 22 million. So, uh, you know, I said to him, you know, yours, what is it costing you to build? He said to me, look, he has spent 88 million and he has not finished. I backslided, you know. <laughs> I just, I just, back, you know, I did Michael Jackson moonwalk backwards, man. Fast. I knew me and this guy. <laughs> yeah. The Lord is still helping me. Amen, somebody. Glory to God. I'll tell you something. <laughs> Jehovah Shammah. Now, I mean, now, I, I gave you that description to tell you, just imagine you living in squatter camp. And they take you to Mayasda Eco Estate. And then you get there. You come back. And you still insist. Now, when you were going, you were told that as you were going to Mayasda, God has given you the house. Hey, Jesus. The, when I, get, I don't know if the children of Israel went to heaven. When we get to heaven, I will slap these elders. I will ask for them. They are among the people I have on my list to ask for. Jesus, where are the spies that went to Canaan? <laughs> I need to have a meeting with them. Because I can't understand how somebody thinks like that. So, they went, they came back. Caleb says, guys, let's go up at once. Caleb had faith. Caleb was excited. Man, I've been living in shack. Now I'm about to move into my Mayasda Eco Estate mansion. And then, and people said to them, no, we can't. What? We can't. Why? We saw the children of Anak. We saw giants. We saw these people, they, they, they far bigger. It's a land that eats up the inhabitants. Unamanga. If it eats up the inhabitants, how come you saw people there? Number one. Number two, you that went. Somebody say Unamanga. They were lying. May you not get to your Canaan land and be lying. Listen, church, you got to believe God. If you don't see, see, church, Phyllis, calm down, calm down. I don't want to get excited because I'm about to shout. You know, but church, listen, if you don't take God serious, you will live such a mundane life on the earth. I'm, I'm not joking, oh. The heavens of the heavens belong to who? To God. The earth has he given to who? The sons of men. He has not given it to anybody but the sons of men. He gave it to you. You have to believe God to get your portion. It's not going to come to you because you got born again. It's not true. It's not, these are, these are, see, maybe you don't understand th this thing I'm saying. These people that said that we are not able. Fine. Let's, okay, say that, yes, they went to the land. They saw the land is good. And they saw the children of Anak. How many of you know they truly saw the children of Anak? So, the information they brought was not a lie. Let's start from there. 
But the Bible didn't say they brought, they came to lie. They said they brought what kind of report? So the Bible says because of the, the report they brought was a faithless report, God calls it evil. This is a report that does not believe God. It's a report that excludes God from everything he's doing. Because church, you cannot get to a point where, how many of you remember the scripture that says Christ in you is what? Alright, so who is living in you? Who, does, is there anybody here that does not believe that Jesus lives in him? Let me see your hand. So I can change my teaching and just teach you that first. Okay, so Christ in you is the hope of glory. When the Holy Spirit came, he moved inside of you. The Holy Spirit and your spirit men are cleaved together. You are, you are literally carrying God. Somebody attend, those, this, those kids are screaming. Please attend to them. Now church, you are literally carrying God on the inside of you. Don't be distracted. You are carrying God on the inside of you. You can't be carrying God and not be conscious of him. I mean, the reason why Caleb said what he said was because he knew that God was with him. Caleb said, let us go up at once. Just put back Caleb's statement. Put back Caleb's statement. I think he was, Caleb steal the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it for we are well able to overcome it. Somebody say, we are well able. Say it like you are serious, we are well able. Say, so we are well able to overcome it. We can handle it. It's not bigger than us. Church, people said we are not able. Somebody holler the God factor. Listen to me, church. Everywhere you go, everything you do, be conscious of God with you. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. How many of you believe that scripture? He didn't say, if you sin, I will leave you. If you make mistake, I will leave you. Is that what he said? He said, I will never. Somebody said, I will never. He didn't place a condition. I will never leave you nor forsake you. That you may boldly say, God is my helper. And I am not afraid of what men can do to me. I am with you always. That's what Jesus said. You must be conscious of God with you. Otherwise, you can never gain victory in this world. Church, listen to me. That's why I do things the way I do things. You know, church, you know, I've, I've heard, you know, I've told you guys, people think that I have muti that makes money as a pastor. They think I've got muti. Say amen. It's, it's, there is a God factor I am conscious of. I know God is with me. Say amen. Everywhere I go, every time I show up somewhere, I know God is with me. I am not afraid to do anything because God is with me. I say things. That is, when I say some things, it's so conscious that I can't, when I want to pray for you, the first question is, are you sure you want what you want me to pray for? Because I'm certain God will answer. Where is your amen, Bazalwan? The God factor. 
you must be conscious of God with you. These people forgot that the one that told them to go and get the land is God. And he said, I have given to the children of who? Of Israel. People came back and said, we cannot. We don't have what it takes. We, 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 there is nothing in us. We don't have the weapon. We don't have the charisma. We don't have the stature. We don't have the size. Everything is to our disadvantage. But church, listen to me. Oh boy. Listen. David wanted to face a giant. You all remember the story. 1 Samuel chapter 17. The Bible says from verse 1 that the children of Israel was in battle with the Philistines. And the Bible said that then a champion among the Philistines whose name was Goliath. Bible started describing this guy to show you that for real, this guy was not a small man. In fact, if you put it in the, it put, if you put it in the message version, message version, change this to message. And a giant nearly how many feet? Ten feet tall. Somebody say ten feet. Now, as I am here, I'm about six two or six one, thereabout. So, ten feet is almost adding the size of a human being to me, poets. So, when, when, if I have to look at Goliath in clo close proximity, let's say he stand face to face with me, I will have to do like this. Are we together? How many feet tall? Ten feet. And then, this guy, if you show me again, he says, and he, his ten feet tall stepped out from the Philistine line into the open. Goliath from God. He had a bronze helmet and the size of his helmet was how many pounds? 126 pounds. Now, 126 pounds is 57 kg. Okay. Hannah. Is Hannah here? Where is Hannah, my daughter? Is she here in church? What's your weight? You don't know. Ah, my skinny daughter, child. Okay. A bag of cement is 50 kg. Who is 57 kg here? Or say 60, between 55 and 60. Let me see. Where is the brother? You know your weight. What's your weight? Do your hand like this. You say you know your... <laughs> Who knows their weight here? Where, where is... How, how many do you weigh? 60 kg. Okay, come. Let's use you. Come. Hallelujah. Now, hey, church. Oh, boy. Right, come to the altar. Now, can you imagine wearing this, my daughter, as a helmet? <laughs> that is, as she is here, this is your helmet. Son, you know, Brother Larry, you like face cap. Every picture I see on social media, you have face cap. Just imagine the size of your, the weight of your face cap is this woman. That is the guy we are dealing with. Because you see, if I don't paint this picture, you won't understand why you need to go possess. Because for some of you, you are just, you just feel helpless, incapacitated, nobody to help you. You are just, you, you are a nobody. No. When you know who is inside you, this guy was such a jack, 10 feet tall and then the Bible tells you the size of his helmet 57 kg 
Just imagine wearing this, my daughter, as a face cap. You must understand the size of your neck first and foremost. Because if I carry this, my daughter, on my head, let's say they balance it on my head, in less than five minutes, my neck will cave in. Say amen. You can go back, daughter. Thank you. Amen. So, this is the description of what's his name? Goliath. And he wore bronze sheen guards, carried a bronze sword. His spear was like a fence. Jesus. The guy's spear was like a fence ray. And the spear tip alone weighed over 15 pounds. The Goliath had a spear. A spear. So the tip of the spear is 8 kg. If they give that to you now, 8 kg to carry, you will struggle to lift it up. That's the size of the tip of his spear. Now, the Bible says, then David, this man will come out and breathe down on the children of Israel. In fact, let's, let's read it. Am I even, there is no hurry. We still have time. Keep going. Keep going. Goliath stood there and called out to the Israelite troops, why bother using the whole army? I am, not, am I not Philistine enough for you? You are committed to Saul, aren't you? So pick your best fighter. Put, beat him against me. If he gets the upper hand and kills me, the Philistines will become your slave. But if I get an upper hand and kill him, you will all become our slave and serve us. I challenge this troop of Israel this day. Give me a man. Let us fight out together. This is all they were hearing. Every second, they were hearing the statement. Keep going. When Saul and his troop had these Philistines challenge, they were what? They were what? They were terrified and did what? They lost all hope. This is where many of God's people are. Every time you go submit your tender, you get terrified. When you go for job interview, you are terrified. When it's time to conquer great things, you are terrified and you lose hope. This is where many of God's people are. But then, look for where, let's start from where David began. I don't want to talk about all the other stories. Find where David started. Keep going. In fact, keep flipping. Let's see. Keep flipping. All right. Enter David. So David came into the camp. You all remember? He was the son of Jesse, the Ephratites, from Bethlehem in Judah. Jesse the father of eight sons, was himself too old to join Saul's army. Jesse's three eldest sons had followed Saul to war. The names of the three sons who had joined up with Saul was Eliab, firstborn, next, Abinadab, and third, Shammah. David was the youngest son. While his three eldest brothers, oldest brothers, went to war with Saul, David went back and fought from attending to Saul's tending's father, attending, from attending to Saul to tending his father's sheep. In Bethlehem. Keep going. This morning and every 40 days, Goliath took his stand and made his speech. Keep going. One day, Jesse told David, his son, take back, uh, take sack of cracked uh, crack, uh, wheat and 10 loaves of bread. Run them down to your brothers in the camp and take these 10 wedges of cheese to, be cap to the captain of their division. 
check in on your brothers to see whether they are getting along all right. And let me know how they are doing. Saul and your brothers and all the Israelites in their war with the Philistines in the Oak Valley. Keep going. Keep going. So David was, David was up at the crack of dawn and having arranged for someone to tend to his sheep, took the food and was on his way to as Jesse had directed him. He arrives at the camp just as, army, uh, as the army was moving into battle formation, shouting the war, war cry. Israel and the Philistines moved into position, facing each other, battle ready. David left his bundles of food in the care of the sentry, ran to the troops who were deployed, and greeted his brothers while they were talking together. The Philistine champion, Goliath of God, stepped out from the front line of the Philistines and gave his usual challenge. And what happened? Everybody say it out loud. Now, church, at this point, how old was David? Who knows? How many years? Say it like you are proud. Say it like you know. If you are not guessing, say it. 17 years old. At 17, he heard the man threatening the children of Israel. Among them was Saul, the king, who the Bible says from shoulder upwards, he was taller than everybody in Israel. Okay? Next verse. The Israelites, to a man, fell back the moment they saw the giant. Totally frightened. Totally what? <clears throat> totally frightened. And they talked among the troops, the troops' wars. How you ever seen anything like this? Have you ever seen anything like this? This man openly and defiantly challenging Israel, the man who kills this giant will, ha will have it made. The person who killed this giant, what will happen to him? He will have his life made. May your life be made today. When you leave this service, you will chew giants like chewing stick. I say you will chew giants like toothbrush. Say amen, somebody. He says, at the men, they were totally frightened and talked among the troops the, the talk among the troop was, have you ever seen anything like this? This man openly and deviantly challenging Israel, the man who kills this guy will have it made. The king will give him a huge reward. Will he give him what? What kind of reward? What kind of reward? A huge reward. Have and offer his daughter as a bride. So you'll be married to the president's daughter. And give his entire family a free ride. The word free ride there is free taxes. If you read the King James, they will be exempted. It is called tax exemption. That means all your life. Number one, the Bible says that you will marry the king's daughter. Amen. Number two, you will get free taxes. And your life will be made. So now, this is all the promises. David, who was talking to the men standing around, asked, what is it? So he wanted to be sure that what he heard was true. What is it the man who kills this, that, that Philistine and get rid of this ugly blot on Israel honor? Who does he think he is? At the age of what? He's talking to a 10-foot man and says, who does he think he is? Church, something must enter you in this service. That is... The kind of faith you must live here with is, Lord, show me. Show, where is Goliath? I am ready to chew him like, 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 
like potato. Are you, I, am I talking to somebody? He says, who does he think he is anyway? This uncircumcised Philistine taunting the armies of God alive. The God that's alive. You are hunting and taunting his people. This guy was conscious of God. I tell you. They told him what everyone was saying about what the king would do for the men who killed the Philistines. Keep going. Eliab, his elder brother, heard David, patronizing with the men and lost temper. He did what? Church, there will be Eliabs who will tell you you can't achieve it. They will tell you you can't live in mayors that equal estate. You are black, you colored, you white, you purple, you pink. Whatever. I made a choice in my life. Whatever anybody can enjoy in this life, I will enjoy it before I die. Listen, church, you must make up your mind. I refuse. You see, when I came into ministry, I told myself, I made a covenant with me that I will not be an ordinary man of God. I, that is, they say men of God in South Africa. They mention people, my name is not there. No, it's not possible now. No, you must make up your mind. Make a, make a covenant with yourself. Make a covenant with yourself that you will not be ordinary. I will not be a mere mortal that just live on this earth. No, not with God inside of me. The other brother told him, lost his temper, that you are asking this question. He said, why aren't you minding the, your own business? Tending to the scurry, the, the King James said, the little sheep or the little flock of sheep. Know what you are up to. You've come down here to see the sight, hoping for a ringside seat at the bloody battle. Next verse. What is it with you? David replied. All I did was ask a question. Ignoring his brother, he turned to someone else, asked the same question, and got the same answer as before. Next verse. The things David was saying were picked up and reported to Saul, and Saul sent for him. It was reported to the king, and the king said, listen, whoever is talking like this, let him come and see me. How do you talk? What do you say? When you are at home, when you are in your bedroom, what are you saying? First and foremost, the first thing that intimidates you is your own speech. Can I hear an amen? amen? The way you talk when nobody is there, when people are there, when you are with your wife alone, what are you saying? We can't do this. We can't achieve this. This is impossible. How can we get this done? Church, listen to me. With God, how many things are possible? Okay, let me ask another question. How many of you know that God is with you? Or let me put it the other way. How many of you are with God? Let me see your hand. I'm not joking. Let me see your hand. Okay, so look at your neighbor and say, are you sure you are with God? Okay, now... The Bible says, with God, how many things? All things are what? All things are what? No, some things are impossible. How many things are possible? All things are possible. All things are possible. Guys, get the lights on quickly. All things are possible. How many things are possible? With God, all things are possible. Church, go from here knowing that you are with God. 
The reason why David was talking like this is because he knew that in spite of the fact that I can see this 10 foot man wearing a helmet that is even weightier than my size, there is somebody on the inside of me that is bigger than this guy. Am I communicating? There is someone on the inside of me that is bigger than this guy. Can you see the God in you, church? Can you see him? Uh, oh, the screens are off. I wanted to read, I think it's 1 John 4, 4. 1 John 4, 4. Give it to me on my screen. Since my screen is on. Give it to me on my screen. Let me read it for them. 1 John 4, 4. If you can. 1 John 4, 4. 1 John 4, 4. Quickly. Put it on my screen. Quickly. It says, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he finish it that is in me somebody say me greater is he that's where greater is he that's where okay do you believe there is a greater one inside of you in fact the greatest of the great that is if you begin to talk about greatness he is the greatest of all he lives on the inside of you permanently. He's on the inside of you permanently. Permanently. Amen, somebody. He is there with you, for you, always, every time, all the timely. There is no time he leaves you. Say amen. He never leaves you nor forsake you. Listen, I want you to be conscious of God with you. Anytime I do things, I told you, in this church, we never do anything here with money. We do things how? By faith. We start projects here with zero rent in the account. It's a very normal thing for me. Absolutely normal for me to do that. Absolutely. I don't do anything first checking how much I have. Never. I do things based on whether God said I should do it. Am I communicating? All you need to do is get a go ahead from God. Get a go ahead from God. Is God telling me to do this? Is this what he wants me to do in a time like this? Is he commanding me to do this? That's all you need. And then now buckle up yourself. And that's why church, listen, you know, there's a word of God, which is the Bible. Say amen. There's a word from God, which is the one God speaks to your heart. And then there's also a prophetic intuition. I think the body of Christ don't know about that. A prophetic intuition is, is something you have that you just know that you know. You didn't hear a voice saying, my son, Felix, build a house or go buy a house in Mayazda Eco Estate. But you just know that a certain season has come that you are stepping out of Lodiba into your promised land. I'm no longer going to stay in Lodiba like Mephibosheth did. I'm not going to stay there. In, I'm coming into the king's palace. You just know there is a knowing on the inside of you. 
And church, that's why I can come and tell you that the season you have entered, your destiny has shifted to a new level. Because there is a knowing. Somebody said there is a knowing. You have to have this prophetic instinct. That seasons have changed. I'm no longer where I used to be. Oh, you are looking at me right now. You think my position is still the same. No. Uh, something has shifted. Oh, gears have changed. I'm no longer on the same radar. Before you know it, church, listen to me. When Jesus cursed the fig tree, they, it was still looking the same after one hour. I may be looking the same. Something is brewing from the root. I'm no longer the same. Oh, yes. I'm no longer the same. I believe it with my heart that I'm no longer the same. When season change, you must have this prophetic instinct to know that, listen, man, I'm no longer where I used to be. So if, if you have that instinct, what do you do? You start shifting things around you in the physical. Do you know that a natural man, if he comes on this ground and sees that we are extending this building, maybe he comes into a Wednesday service. And since we are extending this building to 5,000 capacity, he will say these people are crazy. You know why? He doesn't have the instinct we have. Indicating. You got to have an, this prophetic instinct that makes you prepare for things before they happen. You already know. You have a knowing. Some of you ladies, you can feel your husband. You smell him. Mm. You are alone on the bed, but you can smell his perfume. Oh, no. Okay, all right. I'll leave that alone. Somebody here doesn't want to get married. It's okay. It's all right. No problem. Stay single. It's okay. The Lord is with you. Hallelujah. But David was conscious of the God he was carrying. And if you go down that scripture, please put it back on the screen. Verse 31. Then David was saying, God picked up by Saul. Keep going. Let's not just keep going. Keep going, going. Saul said, answer David, you can't go and fight these Philistines. You are what? You are what? That means physically. Physically. Say naturally. Say in the realm of sight. How many of you know Saul was looking at David physically, telling him this? That means... To the knowledge of everybody, David cannot fight Goliath. Saying all this to tell you that, listen, the thing you think is too big for you, the God inside you, that thing is like an ant. Somebody holler the God factor. The thing you think is too massive for you, in, in the sight of he that lives in you, that thing is like an ant. He says, you are too young and inexperienced. And he's been fighting, in the, he's been at this fighting business since before you were born. That a fellow believer is telling you this. It's not an unbeliever. Now, you are not dealing with one guy that smokes, go to nightclub, drinks, partying, have different women. You're dealing with a fellow believer in intercession. I'm sorry for using your department. That is, both of you are in intercession. You are at war. Because this is war front. Say amen. amen. So, these are intercessors who are at war front. 
to gain victory. And one of the, the leader of intercession, my daughter, another one, <laughs> came to you and said, you can't, you see that car you went to view, you can't buy it. It's not meant for people like you. See that house you want to buy. Did you check your skin color before you went there? Do you remember that your father and mother were born in Soweto? Do you remember you went to Alex Primary School? And when we were in primary school, you didn't have shoes. And you want to go and buy a house for 80 million? This is, you see, I'm trying to paint a scenario. May, may you wake up tonight. May you wake up tonight. I say, may I pray for you. May God open your eyes in the name of Jesus. There are some things that must rise up. You must get to a point where you don't back down. Nah, we don't. We don't back down for nobody. The Bible says the lion, strongest among the beasts, and turneth not away for any. Never turns back. And that's who you are. You never turn back. I, unfortunately for me, I don't know how to give up. I, that is, woe betide you if I want something from you. No. That is, me, I want something from you. No, now. You, you see the story of the, the judge and the, the widow woman. That's how I am. The Bible says the judge does not fear man, does not have regard for man, neither does he fear God. And the Bible said, this widow woman went to him and said, avenge me of my adversary. The man said, I don't care. But the Bible says, this woman, by her importunity, that is, refused to quit, kept knocking on this judge's door. And the Bible said, the judge said to himself, I have to avenge this woman of her adversary, lest by her continual coming to me, she will weary me. You need to weary Satan. Where is your amen, Bazalani? You need to weary the devil. Weary him. Get Satan tired. Don't be tired. I, I, I can't understand. Many people come to me in, the, in the, my office, Daddy, I'm tired of life. I'm tired of, I can't, this Christianity thing. Tired of what? Would you rather be in the hand of the, of the devil? How can you be tired of God? How do you get to a point where I'm tired of serving God? Who else do you want to serve? Look, how many of you know if you are not serving God, who are you serving? Who are you serving? Can't get to that point. Am I talking to somebody tonight? Church, this young man was being told in his ears. Not that they said to somebody who went to tell him. This is the captain, the captain of the army of Israel. The king himself said to him, you are too young to fight this guy. You are too young. So this guy, when he started fighting, you were not even born. Let's look at David's response. Keep going. David said, I've been a shepherd. Been what? Look at your neighbor and say, I've been a shepherd. He says, I've been a shepherd. Tending sheep for my father. Whenever a lion or a bear came and took the lamb from the flock, I'd go after it and knock it down and rescue the lamb. It turned to me, I grab it by the throat, wring the neck 
and do what to it? Lion or bear? It is made, it makes, it what? It made no difference. I kill it. And I will do the same. Somebody said the same. I will do the same to this Philistine pig. Oh, this boy. Kai, if I get to heaven, I will give David an offering. Chai. When I'm about to die, I will tell them, bury me with a seed. <laughs> Just put some seed inside my casket. When I get to heaven, I need to sow a seed to David. Chai. This guy, first, he first described that he has killed what? A lion and what else? And a bear. Now, when he wants to talk about a 10-foot man, he calls him what? <laughs> you will intimidate all your enemies from today. <laughs> you know, when we were living in a flat, I don't know if I've told you this story. We were living, my wife and I, my late wife and I, we just got married. So, you know, I used to stay in one room. She was in a flat. So, I mean, I've been to the flat, visited her. She never came to my one room all. So, because I knew that I was ashamed. After seeing her flat, I couldn't bring her to my place. So, when we got married, if you are a sensible human being like me, what will you do? Would you prefer flat or one room? Uh -huh. So, we are all together. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. So, <laughs> so I, moved, I moved in. Somebody said I moved in. You know, usually the women move in. But this time around, the reverse was the case. So I, <laughs> I moved in. So, but that's not my story. <laughs> I moved in. Moved in. One day, you know, it's a colored area. And, and you know. <laughs> it's a colored community. <laughs> so one day, I wake up in the night, Mesha Graba, as my usual. That, not this night thing, I started it many years ago, so I'm used to it. My wife is sleeping. I hear at the gate. I open the blind or the curtain. I see some guys with these long scissors. You know those scissors they used to cut chains and padlock? There were four of them. They had these scissors. I was wearing a gown, white gown. Like my gown, man. I just said, Brah! I checked. And that time, the Lord has been good to me. I just bought a Mazda 323 for 9,000 rands. That car was by faith, by miracle, by, by signs and wonders. That is, every weapon God had, I used it to buy that car. And then I heard, by the gate where the treasure of a man is there will his heart be also <laughs> I woke up I, I peeped by the window and, and I saw four guys beloved I'm telling you the truth I didn't think I didn't check whether they have knife gun I opened the door came out I said you want to die these people took off I had no weapon no <laughs> the only thing I had was God in me Jesus in me. <laughs> Sometimes you must intimidate your enemy. Stop being afraid. Listen to me. You don't know what you have. You need to learn to intimidate your enemy. Make them frightened. That is your enemy when they see your confidence. The Bible said it was a king that saw Senekarab. He said, What confidence does Senekarab? What is he trusting in? You know, there is a way. You see, 
church of God, if Goliath has sense, if I was, no, I wouldn't be Goliath in Jesus' name. But if I was Goliath, listen, you have been threatening an army for 40 days. And then all of a sudden, the army, none of the mega warrior men came out. They send you a 17-year-old boy. Beloved, I would think, oh, no, I would, uh-uh. No. Look, look, church, maybe you're not having the picture. Okay, let's say, where is a little child that is four or five years? Send me that boy. Send me, is that your son? Send him to me. Come, come, boy. Come. Just come. Come, come quickly. Walk fast with your handsome self. I like your jacket. I wish it was my size. I would take it. Come up. Come up here. <laughs> now, now, church, we want to demonstrate. You know, pictures, images are important. Now, church, imagine you are facing someone like me. I've been threatening you for many days. Kabash. And then, just imagine I was threatening the parents, me and them. We have been, every day when I threaten them, they are shivering. Then all of a sudden, as I'm threatening them, I see this boy walking to me. <laughs> no, church, I will first calculate because even the way he's looking at me, I will calculate. This child, what confidence does this child have? What is going on here? The Goliath doesn't have sense. I'm telling you, if it was me, church, I cannot be in a, my helmet is the size of a human being. Only my helmet, not my shield, not my belt, not my shoes. Every equipment I'm wearing is probably 300 kg. And then you send me a child like this. Now I'll first say, hey, In fact, I will, I will allow, I will leave the boy. I will go to my guys and say, guys, let's reason together. Is there a reason why they send this boy? Does he have muti? What is it? Maybe something. Because I need to think. You can just, just guys, you're watching this drama. Just picture me and this guy having to fight. If I put one finger on this boy's armpit, I will fling him as far as the east is from the west. Instead of me to think, I looked at the boy and said, look at this. Okay, just wait there, son. Wait there. Don't go. Are <laughs> you getting the picture? So, uh, just go, for, go further. Go further. Just keep going. Keep going. Let's get to where David now began to talk. Keep going. Keep going, sir. David took his shepherd's staff, selected five smooth stones, from the brook and put them in his pocket of his shepherd, packed with a sling in his hand and, and did what to Goliath? Now, just imagine this boy. <laughs> he started running towards me. <laughs> Beloved, no, I would think, oh, there must be something this boy has. I can't take him for granted. Spiritually, this boy must be, he would have gone somewhere. He would have visited something. Because the confidence. I mean, this, I'm just trying to tell you this is exactly how David and Goliath was. Put it back. And the Bible says, and the Philistine paced back and forth. He did what? So he tried to go forward. I'm sure in his mind, he tried to think. He said, ah, no, no, leave it. He shield and blah, blah, blah. He noticed David. He took one look. <clears throat> down 
How did he look at David? He took one look down on him and sneered and a mere youngster, apple-cheeked and peach first. Oh, all this English, man. All right. Anyway, next verse. The Philistine did what? He did what to David? He ridiculed David. He ridiculed David. And he asked the question, am I a dog? <laughs> that you come after me with a stick. And he cursed David by his gods. Next verse. Come on, said the Philistine. I will make roadkill of you for, a, for the buzzards. I will turn you into tasty moss for the field mice. Next verse. David answered, you come at me with a sword, a spear, and a battle ass. I come at you. How? Boy, for helping me preach today, I bless your destiny. You shall be great, you shall not be small. This world will reckon who you are. You will never be ordinary. In fact, I, the grace God gave me that I'm operating and living with today, I bless it on you now in the name of Jesus. You shall be great. You shall be greater than me in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, grab this child. <laughs> Boy, David didn't say, I come to you with the sling. I, am, I know the God factor. <laughs> this, he, said, he said to the guy, you came with me to, you came at me with sword, with spear and battle us. I come at you, not with sling. I come at you not with weapon, not with my size, not with money, not with what I have in the bank account, not with my job, not with my degree, not with my education, not with my children, not with houses, not with what I have achieved, not with records, not with ITC record. Not, I, I don't come with anything physical. I come with God. I come with who? I come at you in the name, Kabandosa, in the name of the God of the angel armies, the God of Israel troops whom you cursed and mocked. This very day, read it with me. This very day, what happens? God is hand. Ah, Jesus. Everything is God is, God is, God is, God is. Can you live here today with God is? Please, see, church, be conscious of God. Be conscious of him. The God you see, they, see, maybe you need to go do a study of God, the creator of heaven and earth. I did a study of something I wrote in my Bible many years ago. Let me find it. I think it's in 1 Timothy. Oh, boy, God help me, help me. I just want to tell somebody about this God. Oh, Lord, where is first or second Timothy? Okay. The Bible says uh, concerning God, give me first Timothy 6 and verse 16. First Timothy 6 and verse 16. Let me read something to you. The Bible says, Who only had immortality dwelling in the light which no man, somebody say no man, can approach unto. Whom no man has seen, nor can see. To whom be honor and power. Amen. 
Now, church, I did a study many years, not many years ago. It was about five years ago. In fact, I preached about this. Those of you who follow my message. I did a study of God and I wanted to understand this light nobody can approach. So, I went into Google and I began to search. Listen to this. The sun, church of God, listen. The Bible says that um, God is, is a light that you cannot approach. Okay? This is an illustration. Now, the sun. How many of you know nobody has ever gone to the sun? Okay? Hello? All right. You know why? All right. Now, the sun is a self-generating plasma. Self-what? Generating plasma. It is located 93 million miles from the earth. Million miles? 93 million. This sun that you get when it's summer, you are hot. Is how many miles away? 93 million miles away from the earth. And yet when it's summer, you are complaining. There is now something they call heat wave or whatever wave. Something that is 93 million miles away. Now, church, I'm describing the sun, not God. Hello? All right. It's 93 million miles from the earth. Now, if you were to take an airplane to the sun, it, and, and you are flying at 600 miles, which is about 900 kilometers per hour, okay? It will take you 17 years to get to the sun. How many years? 17 years. Now, Kion, my son, is, is 18, okay? So that means from when Kion, the day Kion was born, if you were going to the sun, all this while Kion was growing, you will be on the flight going to the sun. <laughs> I, I'm just trying to describe the sun, not God. Now, hold on. It will take you 17 years to get to the sun. If you drive, it will take you 200 years to get from the earth to the sun. The sun is so powerful that the heat from 93... I wrote this down from my investigation. It's in my Bible. I wrote it down. I was doing a study. You see, that's why I told you to own the Bible. You see, this I wrote five years ago, and I still have it here. Anytime I read this, I'm in awe of Jesus. You know when the songwriter says, I stand, I stand in awe of you. I stand, I stand in awe of you. Only God to whom operates is due. I stand in awe of you. When I read this, I'm in awe. <laughs> now, church, this is the sun. We are talking about the one that created this. Hello. The one that created this unapproachable sun is the one that lives on the inside of you. And then you wake up, you are afraid of tokoloshi. What an insult. Jesus. Tokoloshi. Pastor, somebody left their house because there was tokoloshi. I had a guy, he bought a house, a townhouse. And he told me, if I keep bottle here, it moves here. I mean, things were, and genuinely, he was not joking. He said, Dad, 
He was living alone. He said, I'll be in the kitchen. I will see literal shadow of a human being walk past me. So he came on a Tuesday in counseling. Watch this. And I said, go to spa and buy anointing oil. I didn't go to his house. Till today, I don't know his house. He bought anointing oil. I opened it in my office. Watch this. I did this. And I gave it to him. How many of you have brought me anointing oil and I did this? Yeah. I just did this. And I covered it and gave him the anointing oil. I said, go and anoint your house. He came back and said, they, both the shadow and the bottle moving, everything has stopped. You see, church, be, please, please, be conscious of God. I'm, now, when I said this to you, it looked like I'm a superstar. I'm not. I'm just conscious of who is with me. We read the testimony of a brother. I don't know if he's here. He came to see me after the prayer on Saturday. He sent me a testimony how they came and his wife came to the office and he's been out of job for I think two or three years. And I said in 30 days you're getting another job. How many days? I just laid down on him. I said, Father, I decree and declare that in 30... Is the brother here in church? See, if you are here, just wave at me. Oh, he's not here. Somebody brought him to me after service, on, on, after morning prayer. The testimony is still in my, in my phone. I said that in 30 days. Guess what? He got the job. I prayed for him on the 1st of June. He got the job on the 28th of June. 28th of, just 28th of June, four, five days ago or six days ago. Church, be conscious of who is inside you. This, there is no superstar. I am, there is nothing, no difference between me and you. I am the one telling you. There is nothing. You can't say, ah, because this guy is Apostle Felix. No, there is no difference. I'm just conscious of him. I'm conscious of him. Romans 8.31. Please put it for us on the screen. Romans 8.31. Give it to me quickly, please, sir. Everybody read. One to go. What shall we then say to these things? If... Do you think Bible is joking? If God be for you, who? Look at your neighbor, say who? Who can be against you? Who can stand you? Who can defeat you? Who can kill you? Who? There is no one that has that capacity. No one. In verse 32, he said, He that spared not his only son, but gave him up for us. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us. How shall he not with him freely give you how many things? How many things? How many things? Then you come to me, I'm tired of life. Like, look at all the things that have been delivered to you. I'm tired of life. Life, life is this. I want to kill myself. No, you are not conscious of him. Be conscious of him. That is, there is a, a superiority complex you must have over the devil. Ah, there was a man of God. He woke up one morning. The wind was blowing. 
Who was that? You can you remember him? I read it in a book. I think it was one of Bishop Poyedekpo's book. He was, he, one of Bishop Poyedekpo, he wasn't Bishop Poyedekpo. He wrote about the man, the man of God. He, he woke up in the night and the curtain was moving, the windows was open, everything was scattered. He woke up and he saw a shadow of a, a demon. And he just stood. He said, oh, Satan is you. He went back to, he said, hey, come back. Before you go, rearrange my room. And he went back to bed. Some of you see Tokoloshi, you run. Some of you are not sleeping in your house right now. Because of one, how can you live in a house with a witch and you want to pack out? No, now, come on. Come on. Three days fast, I kill you. Three days. Three days. I just break up. I won't even say a word. Me kajubra ekabragada lagada sibungile magada bregede lagada baya. If you, not you, not the sibungile here. Amen. <laughs> I just call your name every five minutes. Me kashabada sibungile. Ben, in three days, is either you pack out or you are gone. Say amen. amen. Beloved, be conscious of God. Be conscious of God. God gave a man a rod. Well, not God didn't give him. He was in the wilderness keeping the sheep of his father-in-law, Jethro. You all remember the guy? What's his name? What's his name? Moses. Moses was keeping his father's sheep in the backside of the desert. And he took a rod that he used to correct the sheep. Hey, you go there. You go there. Go there. Hey, don't. Hey, come. You know, that's what he was using the rod to do. And the Bible says God appeared to him. In a burning bush. God now called him and said, go and deliver my people out of the hand of Egypt. Go and get them out. Moses looked at himself. It is God. Do you realize I'm running as a fugitive? That right now, my case is in court. That I'm a murderer. If I go back, I am going straight to where? To jail. I escaped. I, I, it was prison break. I ran. Say amen. God said, listen, what is in your hand? He said, it's a, a rod or a stick. God said, no, you don't understand. The fact that you and me are now together, everything in your hand has turned to God. You don't believe me. Do you believe me? This is in Exodus chapter 4. It says, God said, to, the Lord said to him, what is in, in thy hand? He said, what? A rod. God said, no, you have no idea. Once you connect to me, everything changes. Nothing remains normal with you and God. Oh, nobody is believing me. Lord, help me. He said, cast it on the ground. And he cast it. What happened? It became a what? A serpent. And Moses ran from a stick he has been carrying for years. <laughs> oh. oh, boy. Next verse. And the Lord said unto Moses, put your hand and take it by the tail. And he did. And caught it. And he became what? This guy has been carrying this church. I'm listen, all I'm here to tell you tonight is that when God is with you, every, there is nothing normal about you. Nothing. That's why I'm, I'm trying to calm down to teach you this. Nothing is normal about you. Don't wake up, go to work tomorrow morning like a normal person. You are not. I'm the one telling you, you are from scriptures, you are not normal. 
Look at your neighbor. Say, you are not normal. Look on the other side. Tell them, you are not normal. No, you are not. You are not. Caught it by the tail and it became a rod. Next verse. Next verse, quickly. And that they may believe that the Lord God of your father, the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, has what? Has what? Now, listen. God appeared to somebody. What he was carrying in his hand became snake and became all kinds of things. Now, you, God is not appearing. Where is God? Where is he? And then you want to tell me you are normal. No, I can't be normal. Till I die, as long as Jesus is in me, I can't be normal. I cannot do any normal things anymore. I can't. Normalcy is out of my realm. This same road, Exodus chapter 14. Uh, Exodus chapter 14. Check where Moses stretched forth his hand towards the sea. So I stretched forth the rod towards the sea. The same rod. God appeared. A rod somebody had became. In fact, if you read chapter 4, the last verse of chapter 4 say, take this rod wherewith you, the last verse. In fact, check the last verse of chapter 4. Check the last verse. Quickly, please, sir. The last verse of chapter 4. Is that the last verse? And the people believe. Uh, is there any other verse? Let me check my Bible. God help us. I tell you, church, you will never be normal again. Give me, no, it's not the last verse. Give me verse 17. Give me verse 17. Verse 17. All right. He said, thou shalt take this rod. What will happen? In your hand. What will happen with it? What will you do with the rod? You will do what? God appeared to someone that had a rod. The rod, just by the appearance of God in that vicinity, a rod became something for signs. You are not, God didn't appear to you. God lives on the inside of you. Chapter 14, verse 15. Start from verse 15. And the Lord said unto Moses, Where, Wherefore criest thou unto... This is exactly what many of us do. What are we doing? We are crying. Life is hard. Things are bad. I don't have money. I'm broke. I'm sick. I'm this. Nothing is working. God looked at him. He said, Why are you crying to me? What is your problem? With, all, with me inside you, you are still crying. Wherefore criest thou unto me, speak to the children of Israel, that they do what? What should they do? Let them go forward. Next verse. But lift thou up what? What should you do? Church, this is the rod, the same rod Moses was carrying every day for many years until God showed up in that environment. And the same rod divided Red Sea. Somebody say Red Sea. And the Bible says Israel crossed on dry land. Church, I don't know where you are today. Please, I want you to be God conscious. Everywhere you go, everywhere you go, be conscious of he that lives in you. 
when you are cooking, be conscious of God. That you, everything you do, you get to work tomorrow morning, be conscious of him. I'm, I'm just, you know, this unawareness of God is wearying too many. People are getting tired in church. They are, they are just, they're giving up. They're tired. Nothing seems to be working, yet they have everything that should make things work. And you know what? We can't blame God. We can't. We can't blame God. You know, I saw Pastor Chris do something one day. I was watching him. And he, he, he was teaching on the reality of the new creation. Chris Oyak, Pastor Chris Oyakidome. And he took a, a, pla, a bag, you know, a bag, and he blew into it and tied it. And called out people. He said, anyone that can lift this bag, small bag on the floor. People were coming. They will lift. Nobody could. I saw another man. Um, what's his name? Um, Bishop. No. Uh, Pastor David Ibiome. Pastor David Ibiome called out somebody. And brought him out. He said, I remove your spirit from you. And the guy, he laid him down on the altar. He said, I remove your spirit from you. I put you into a sleep. Nobody can wake you up. Beloved, he called out. Many people came out to pick pick. They picked him up. They did everything. He just was there, lifeless. And then he said, I command your life back into you. The guy woke up by himself. Church, listen. You carry God, though. I'm, 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 I'm hoping that you got this message. Tomorrow, when you go out tomorrow, be conscious of God. Be conscious of him. We are not achieving things in this church. We're not doing what we do because we are superstars. No. Because we know God is with us. God is with us. Wherever we go, he's with us. Whatever we do, he's with us. I don't know the word impossibility. No. When I used to run my property business, one of my agents, um, what's his name again, came to me and said, he went to a certain house. It was a huge house. And obviously millions. So, it was owned by a white guy. And he, and he said to me, one of my, I went to the house and the, the man said to me, I don't, he showed him our business card. He wants to sell. He showed him our business card and he said, I don't know this company. I can't give you a mandate to sell because your company is unknown. So he came to tell me, hi. No. Can't, can't go properties. I'm the, I'm the head of the company. CEO. Who came to tell me that somebody. I said, okay. Where is the house? I said, don't follow me because I don't know what is following you. Me, I'm, I know what is following me. Hmm. I said, don't go with me. He gave me the address of the house. I drove there by myself. I got to the gate, pressed the bell. The same white man came out. The first question he asked me is, how much is the installment of a car like this? <laughs> I said, uh, well, let's, let's sit down and talk. I left that place with the mandate. Say amen. Because I was conscious of who was following me. It's not the car. It's not the car. I was conscious. Church, you are supposed to succeed. You are supposed to do well. You can't carry God and fail. It's impossible. Those who did consciously in the Bible, look at how they operated.
Jesus will come out and say, I am my father. Are what? How many are we? Guy was conscious. Told his disciples, guys, go over to the other side. I want to go pray. At night, he came walking with unto them on water. He was conscious. Many of us are not. You are so scared. One of my daughter called me. He said there was a pot of muti in front of her house. On a Saturday during the day, he, I, I said, daughter, why are you panting? What's wrong? He said, daddy, so they came, they've drawn chalk around the, my gate. They put a pot of muti. I said, so where are you? He said, I'm at home. I just opened the gate. I can't go out. I said, you can't what? <laughs> I said to her, I said, daughter, in the name of Jesus, I command that thing dead. I said, go and pick it up. He said, pick. I said, go with your hands. Take it up. Go and put it in the trash can. That's how she picked it and trashed it and drove out of the house. Imagine if she didn't have a spiritual father like me. She'll be locked up in the house for chalk and pot on the gate. No. What is your problem? My friend, somebody say Jesus in me. Say it like you are serious. Jesus in me. Wake up tomorrow. Remember this message, the God factor. Put your hands together for the Lord.